hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel. This is a show where I got to talk about sports. I get to talk about business and I get to talk about everything to in between today. My incredible guest, I have Trav Mueller. He's the co-founder of Humid Outside Incredible Apparel. Very excited to get to talk to Trav about that. Maybe score myself a t-shirt along the way. Trav, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? It is an incredible day to be alive, man. It's one that ends in why I love them all. I don't know why people hate Mondays. I think Mondays is a great start. It's a good way to start. Let's right. get it. That's Let's right. get it, Trav. It only feels bad if you let it, right? Exactly, right? You only don't like Mondays if you think you don't like Mondays. So start doing something that makes you like Mondays. I don't know. Eat ice cream for breakfast. I bet you, <laughs> you will start liking Mondays if you eat ice cream for breakfast. I considered it this morning. I didn't need to, though. But Trav... Very excited to get to talk to you about your life, about your career, about what you're doing, the connection to hunting and fishing and sports. But first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Um, okay, so why do I love sports? Well, first of all, I played sports. Um, it's a lot of years okay. ago now, but... Um, 15, 5, like 3? Well, you know, I grew up in this tiny little town in North Dakota where when I was like my kids age, which are seven and nine right now, um, when I was their age, we, we had our BMX bikes and baseball bats and gloves. That was it. There was 150 people that lived in the entire town. So there was only a handful of us kids. And what else do you do other than like, you know, run around with a pellet gun and baseball bats and you play baseball or go hunting as a, as a, as a kid. Right. We, my kids aren't running around in Pelicans. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you live in Florida now. It's a little for, more densely populated record, there. Just for the record, it was the 1980s. It was acceptable. Thank you. Um, but no, I love sports because honestly, and, and I, I just fast forward to now with my kids being in it, I think like the structure, the discipline, um, you know, the, 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 the memory aspect of like having to learn a play, run the play run the play again, you know, winning and losing. Um, you know, I, we're, we're not the types that are like, uh, you know, it's, it's great to come in 17th, you know, or 15th or whatever it is. It's, uh, we, we like to win. We like to teach the kids to win. And then, but if they lose, what do they do different? You know, there's like this coaching aspect that comes from sports that is going to carry through, you know, to the rest of their lives. And when I think that they're my age and they're, you know, in a job and if they've got a boss they've got to be coached uh, if they're you know running an entrepreneurial path like me you've got to take coaching if you're if you can't it's going to be a real tough rocky road you know so i mean that's when i think about the love for sports it is the the fundamental aspects that come out of any any game that you're playing um so 100 percent, man I, I couldn't agree more a lot of people that i do ask that question to um uh, it is some sort of answer like that, right? Like the, it's the innate things you learn. It's not the physical, actual playing the sport. It's learning how to lose, especially when you're eight and you really don't lose that much when you're eight, right? It's, it's learning how to, you know, be coached. It's teamwork. You know, there's just all these things that get involved, all these attributes that outside of like, like a little bit of school, you're really not going to learn them anywhere else. Like, where are you, if, you know, if you're a relatively okay student, like, where are you going to learn losing? Right. Like, you know, failing a test every once in a while. Well, if you failed the test, everyone else probably did whatever. That's not a big deal. Like there's so many different things that you're only really going to learn from sports, especially at a young age, that is going to get you used to that. Um, 
one thing my parents did with me, like my parents would literally, and I'm not kidding about this. They would like razz me from the sidelines. Like I'd be playing baseball <laughs> and I'd be at shortstop. I'd make an error. And my parents, my mom would literally scream up and be like, E6. <laughs> it's like, oh, geez, thanks, mom. But like that kind of helped me get thick skin. And like, I'm super grateful for that. Now, my parents have a much different parenting style, I would say, than most people. I, w- I am very grateful. The only people I wish I could be raised from is them because I turned out, I don't know, pretty decent. But that was always fun to me. And, and you know, learning how to be coached and all those things I think are really, really important. Are you, it's kind of sounded like, I want to I want to see, are you the coach? Are you no, a, are, oh, okay. You sounded right kind of sounded like the coach. I'm not the right guy to coach. I've, my, my kids have asked me that and was like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the guy. I, uh, I'll be there to support all the coaches. I'm like, Whatever the coach says goes. I'm not the, the sideline, you know. Good. Oh, those coach, parents are the worst. Do it, what um? Uh, how do you have that conversation with your kids? Like, especially when they're young, like that first time that they're now like some. There's a different authority figure that's not a teacher, right? You're kind of brought up teachers, yeah. policemen, <laughs> firefighters. Listen to those guys. Now it's just some guy in a baseball cap. It's like, no, no, no. Listen to him. How do you have that conversation with kids? Because like that's I've never been anywhere near that conversation before. I mean, my kids just naturally just went for it, but you know, because it was like you're you're going to be on the t-ball team, and and here are the coaches, and they're in charge, and you know, listen to what they say, and and it was just plain and simple. So, um, and I think you know some of the discussions that we had too, or that I've had with them, just about not being the coach personally was more like this is this is good to take coaching. You get coaching, you know, every other minute of the day from me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's great to get it from somebody else. Um, you know, and I, and I realize that's not the same for everybody. So it just, it, it works for us. Um, as long as it works, man. You know, and other, other kids don't get yelled at by me then in that case too. So. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not, uh, maybe not in 2021. Let's, let's, yeah. let's just leave it that, that, um, I know, uh, you know, again, so before, you know, you and I, Oh, before we had this conversation we're having right now, I know you and I, we had a nice little conversation. You, you were in that corporate America world, uh, kind of going back to coaching, right? You kind of raised yourself throughout the ranks. You probably talked to a lot of different people on a different day. What, what, like, how, can you, can you equate coaching into corporate America for us? Cause I know you were, you were pretty, you know, you, you, you did some stuff. So can you tell me a little bit about what you did and maybe even how you kind of were able to instill some of those lessons you learned from sports into you know, your previous job. Um, we'll get to the current one in a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think just the, the idea that, you know, you got to understand, first of all, your, your landscape, your opponents. Um, in our case, it was, you know, obviously your competition, like, uh, where, where are you sitting in terms of your, your cost, your price, your capability, um, your technology, all of these things that have to be kind of taken in, um, just like watching the tape. Right. And then deciding, with, you know, your team, whether at one point in the beginning of my career, um, you know, after I was, well, I'll just, I won't muddy the water here, but like when I was a young manager, I'll say that, right? Like when I was a young manager and I had a lot of people um, that I was employing all over the, all over the world, actually, um, you know, you had to, you had to deal with different cultures and, um, you know, different language capabilities and so on and bring everybody together to kind of push this to this common goal, which should, you know, I'm going to talk football. It was like, there's, there's that goal line. There's the big post. Let's go. Um, and you know, and for, for me at a young age, you, you're also, when you're in your twenties, I think you're also not thinking about, uh, so much of the, you know, like the, the ancillary noise. Um, and you're just like head down, mm-hmm. 
thought forward, a lot more uh, willing to take more risks, I, I could probably say, um, versus when I, you know, was later with kids and, you know, you're thinking more from a big leadership level, you know, you just got to take it more calculated, right? So, um, you know, so anyway, as a young, young manager, it was, it was, it was all about bringing this, this, this team together, pushing it down the field. And of course that carries into even, you know, later in life, but I think I got a lot more, um, I'll say, you know, soft with my, my management styles and became a much better listener and was able to kind of take it in and take the feedback from the team, you know, both for myself, both for the rest of the leadership team, you know, and then, and then kind of mold and shape to, uh, to uh, keep driving forward and keep working the win, you know? So Mm -hmm. it really was, I mean, and still is, you know, if I think every day right here uh, running, running our own company, it's, it's a sport. Um, It's a sport. (laughs) Absolutely. It is, especially with what you guys are doing, which I think again, you know, pretty cool, humid outside, some incredible, incredible apparel. What, uh, where did the idea, so, did you want to be an entrepreneur first or did you have the idea for humid outside first and said, this is my goal is to now do this? Well, let me just back it up a little bit. Then I'll please you, like um, my goal was not always to be an entrepreneur. I think, you know, back to being, you know, some uh, 20 years, I, I just wrapped up a 20 year career last year in the same company and I started as a field engineer in gas turbines. Right. So, um, and I was working in power plants, doing services, construction, all that kind of stuff in the field. And then once I got into management, I, that was my first big indicator that it was like, wow, this is a, this is a movement, right? This is or not, not, you know, this was like a movement in my career, I guess, mm-hmm. right? nice big elevated step. And from there I started getting really hungry, um, hungry for, you know, how to build my name, my, my own personal brand. Of course, this is way before social media and stuff. So personal branding was amongst my peers, amongst, you know, everybody, everybody else amongst our business and our, uh, in our community of the, the power industry, which is a very small industry in the grand scheme. Um, so, you know, as you do that and, you know, in my mind, I was like, one day I will be an executive leading you know, a a component of this business or running this business. And I just kept kind of, you know, one foot in front of the other Mm -hmm. each each time, you know, and, and my, my style was to kind of take on whatever the hard things were. Um, And I don't mean that to be big on myself. It was like, if it was going to be a hard job, I was going to be standing there waving my hand going, yeah, I'll take that. I want no one, no one else wants to do it right now. You make yourself indispensable. That's right. I mean, I, I, I grew up being the guy with, you know, shoveling grain and doing all the heavy lifting and the labor. Nothing was ever beneath me. So it was like, I'll take it on the dirty work. Right. And I remember I'll say like a pivotal point in my career around 2008, I uh, walked into my CEO's office at that time. And he said, listen, you know, I want to want to move you into a next role. My question for you is, do you want to work domestically or internationally? And I said, well, that or globally, he said, actually. And it was like, uh, that's easy. I'll, I'll take the global role. And he said, well, congratulations. Then you're going to lead our oil and gas business, and I need you to move to Florence, Italy. And so uh, I was like, all right, so this is this is going to be different, right? And it, and it really was. It was a huge challenge for me because I was still pretty young in my career. And, um, but, you know, 
faced the challenge, took it on, and not to bore with all the details, but you know, over time we went through a few different changes in the business, which I was a big part of transformations and mergers, acquisitions, things like that, until ultimately running one of the one of the components of our business. Um, and that ended last July. And at that time I was uh, I was an executive uh, a part of a you know a one point six billion dollar business at that time and the business that I was leading was a billion dollar segment of the company. So um, so it was a big job. It was uh, it was very interesting, you know, love that field, but there were things that were kind of leading up to that where I started to feel like, you know, kind of like the, the, the tape was replaying and mm-hmm. um, I had been there and done that in many cases, granted, not as big, a, a big of a scale, but it started kind of becoming this repeat thing. And I'm not much into like repeat. I could never stand on a line and just keep doing the same thing mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. and over. So, um, so I knew it was like, it's time to start expanding, you know, what I was going to do. And, and at that time, uh, Pat McDonald, a uh, very close colleague of mine, and probably a great, you know, a better friend actually than a colleague. And, but we did a lot of great things together. Um, and on that path, we met in 2014. And in fact, he was in the field. He was in a job in Australia. Um, we had a bit of a crisis that happened. And I came to know this guy, Pat McDonald. And I was like, who is this guy? You know, and turns out he lived in Tampa. So I said, well, you're coming back on, on your, you know, your, your rest and relax. Uh, come and see me let's have a meeting. Let's have, let's get a lunch. And, and it's like, this guy is, this guy is amazing. This guy is, and we need to, we need him on the staff here helping to lead others actually, instead of being led in the field. So we needed him as a leader. So we brought him in, him and I started doing all kinds of big things uh, uh, in the business. And, um, you know, eventually we would, you know, we'd be sitting around over beers in the pub and Pat was this like serial entrepreneur before he ever came to, to our business. And he was like, man, you know, with, with, with my background and what you've done, it's like, yeah, hey, we could, we could do some really cool things out there. And he kept planting those seeds, right? He'd like poke me a little bit and just keep poking at me and poking at me until it's like, all right, something something's got to give. I, I, we've got to chase something here. So uh, let's figure out what problems need to be solved. And I was, you know, reading uh, the four hour work week and crush mm-hmm. it and all these like standard, you know, entrepreneurial, like how to go kick ass in the, uh, in your own space kind of uh, books. And I think I'd read the four hour work week like three times. And about the third time I was like, all right, it's time to make the list. Let's make the list. And most of it was in that space of power um, which was, you know, my comfort zone. Um, hey, explain, although, explain what list you're making for the listeners. So I was making like a list of ideas and problems that needed to be solved. I'll just give you like one example was solar, uh, two examples. It was both around solar. One of them was like the solar products because at that time, well, solar products and solar service, um, you know, I had people come into my house, like knocking on my door, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's in 2021, like, I don't, who wants someone knocking on your door, you know, and going like, Hey, can I sell you solar for your house? It was like, ah, there's gotta be a better way to, to, to sell solar than this, you know? And so we started just brainstorming some ideas and, and putting, putting that together. And then it was like the product itself. Could that be redesigned? Could you make something retractable? Could it be something you don't have to bolt to your, your roof, you know? And I'm sure there's tons of people always thinking about this stuff, but I just had to like write them down purely as a, to do something right. You got to take a step mm-hmm. forward. Um, you better start writing it down and figuring out like what things could be. Um, 
you know, solved if you want to go fix a problem. And on that list is funny. I mean, we were, we had our own boat. Pat's been in the boating, uh, boating world his whole life. Um, and I remember going to Dick's Sporting Goods and you see like, you know, 15 different brands of fishing shirts there, right? You walk in there, all these shiny polyester shirts with mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff all over them. And it's like, God, there's got to be something better than this. Cause I know Paul, I, first of all, I can't stand like that, that, that shiny slick polyester. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I'm not wearing this out on, uh, on my boat. And um, so I put that on the list too. It was like, so, you know, a good fishing shirt. And as we researched more, it was like, well, there's nothing actually designed for humid weather. There's plenty of hot weather gear, cold weather gear, but who's designing this truly to perform in humid weather? Um, and there was no companies. The the best thing I could find actually was REI that had put in, you know put some white papers out there about different um, types of fabric blends that, that work good. So as we were going this through this list, Pat was like, I think that's it, man. I think we could design something, you know, uh, that works is like of all things around like power and all the technical stuff that we know, you seriously think this is the best idea. He was like hundred percent, you know, come on, if we could build power plants in Egypt and put a gigawatt of power on there, I think we can make a shirt. Like, let's start with that and let's, uh, let's figure it out. You know, let's think like engineers. <laughs> I, so, love, I love that. Hey man, we did all this. Like I'm pretty confident we can make a shirt, right? Well, you say yeah. it like that. I guess it you're right. Was. It was like, I guess you're right. I mean, it's not to, 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 you know, belittle the people that are making no. clothing today. Cause it's definitely a hard thing to do. And I'm, I'm finding that out the hard way, but it's like, you know, we were confident in what we could go do. So we did it. So anyway, just uh, from there, it turned into all of the research and development. And it may sound silly that you would put this level of work into creating a shirt, but we were out to solve a problem. And the problem is fabric that doesn't breathe and doesn't perform in humid weather conditions. So after sourcing a ton of different fabrics from all over the world, um, we, you know, did some prototyping and we zeroed in on a specific blend that was like working and, you know, like good field engineers would do, you take mm-hmm. the data and you, uh, you document everything and you go like, this is, this is the stuff, like, this is the stuff that's really working. And that is um, awesome. And so, you know, fast forward, we found manufacturer that could do the textile piece, manufacturing that could do the cutting and the sewing and the. So I, I want to get to that in a second because oh, right. I definitely I have some questions, yeah. and I know you want to take a sip of your water, so please yeah. uh, just go go ahead and do that. But I think it's just you know, again, I think that's really important that people you know pay attention to, right? You had this incredible, amazing career. You were all the way at the top. Your one goal was to run a huge portion of this business. You made it to that goal, and you were crushing it, and. I don't know, man, you're running a billion dollar business. I'm pretty sure you're doing pretty well for yourself at that point, right? We're not, I'm not here to ask you how many dollars are in your bank account, but I don't think any of us are idiots here. So it's just one of those things where you, talent, you had that itch. You just didn't know how to scratch it. And I think it's really cool because most people you hear, they come up with this idea and like, they can't get it out of their head. Right. And just like, then they eventually just have to do it. it becomes kind of a side hustle. They do what they have to do. seems like you were the opposite. You were like, I just don't want to, here anymore like i did this been there done that as you said before it was a tape playing on repeat you saw all the problems you corrected them all you did it all again so you needed something else to do so i think it's pretty cool that you and pat kind of you now i would say i don't know four out of every five times that someone comes up with an idea and then tries to turn it into a business you guys said we want to run a business let's try and figure out a problem which i think is more important because it actually allows you to 
what is, what's the saying too close to the forest to see the trees, right? Like you actually can step back and say, we're looking for a problem. I don't care what the problem is. It'd be nice if it was connected to power energy, the things that we're really, really <laughs> knowledgeable about. But if it's not, it's not. And, you know, again, it went to fishing and you guys live in, in, in Florida, right? So it's, you know, humid. It, it, it makes sense. Um, so I guess like how, when did you finally pull that trigger? Was this kind of a side hustle, a side business for a little while till it got to a point? Or did you say the only way you can make it is, you know, if we both just actually commit a hundred percent and go for it. How did, how did that part of the process work? Yeah, we never, we never hustled it on the side because the process from like research and development started in May of 2019. And um, we didn't have our first prototype until I think August. Um, And then there's the, you know, you got to work through all this development to get real production runs done. And that's not that simple to get that stuff going and to get it done right. And, you know, for us, I mean, the way our brains work is like, you know, quality. And we think, you know, if you, if you, you know, if you look at our website or kind of dig into us a little bit more, it's like form, fit and function. That's how an engineer thinks it's got to be the right form of the material. What's, the, what's that website, by the way? Uh, oh, the website is uh, humidoutside.com. There we go. Yeah. Well, it'll be in the show notes for everyone, but we're going to say it a hundred yeah. times. I promise you that. But humid spelled H-U-M-I-D, proper way of spelling humid, because uh, our logo is still, we're still working through a little bit of a change with it, but it's like um, sometimes people look at it and see H-U-M-D. So it's it's proper humid. Did I spell it right? Let's see. Okay, I did spell it right. All right, good. All right, good. Anyway, so you're on the website. I did check it out. It's top notch. Like you, I wouldn't guess that it was, I mean, I guess, how do I say this without sounding like an ass? Sorry about that. Let me, let me retract that statement. It looks very legit, right? It's like, it looks real. It doesn't look like this is a little tiny company or anything. It looks like you guys have been doing this for a while. So kudos and congratulations to you and the team there. How, how, like, I guess, how do you really start? I'm sorry, you were finishing a story, weren't you? I'll let you go back. I interjected to get the website in there and I ruined the story. My bad. No, I'm usually pretty good at this. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. I can't actually recall like where I was kind of going there. It was, uh, uh, you go to the website, it's about quality form, fit, function, right. form, fit and function. I gotcha. mean, it's, uh, so, and we think like the right form of the material, the best fit possible. And, um, you know, it's got a function. So ultimately when we say we're going to go solve a problem, it needs to work. This isn't just something you toss on and be like, ah, oh, you know, it's just another t-shirt. It's actually something that feels amazing. Um, it's so soft, like how could a fabric, you know, which traditionally when you look at performance fabrics, they're, you know, they're told as, you know, polyester dry fits and all that, you know, things like that. Um, but ours looks like a really high end fabric that feels like a, just a plush cotton kind of Mm. feel, you know what I mean? Like a really good broken in beautiful cotton. And, um, but the breathability is through the roof. So like that's, and that's the big piece, right? So if you go outside and it's hundred percent humidity, 93 degrees, like it is every day in Tampa throughout the summer here, uh, it's not going to cling to you. Uh, in fact, you're going to feel just fine. You can wear long sleeves out in the baking sun and look and feel great. Um, so you can wear it on the boat and you can wear it right into the yacht club when you, uh, when you dock and, and, you know, you're not locked, you're not looking like a walking billboard for, uh, for, you know, a snook or sailfish <laughs> not to say that those are bad but that's not no. our style so we're you know we just wanted something that was going to be different from that that 
from the action into uh, a casual atmosphere. You know? I also like how you tell that story too, right? You're right on the boat then you're going to come off. You're going to dock. You're going to, you're going to walk right into that yacht club. You're going to order your highball and you're going to enjoy the rest yeah. of your night. No, I think that's really, it's really important too, right? To tell that story and get people to understand exactly what they're getting into. So I'm, I'm kind of curious yeah. You're not going to tell us the blend. Duh, that's proprietary. We don't want to know. Well, we want to know, but we're not going to ask. How many different like prototypes did you guys have? How many tries did it take? Because you're, again, not to say that you're a perfectionist, but you're a hard worker. So I'm assuming you still think that there's a better blend potentially out there. You're yes. just comfortable with the one that you're at now. How, like, how, how does the evolution of that product work to, okay, we need to get something out because we could literally be sitting here for a hundred years trying to find that perfect blend, right? At what point do you say, okay, I think we can pull the trigger here, but understand that the product will continue to get better over time. Right. So, um, we, it took us, I mean, we, and we started with, you know, short sleeve, long sleeve t-shirts, all the fabric was the same, but the, the real challenge is that fit. Cause once you get the fabric blended out how you want it, everything else has got to be absolute perfect fit. We wanted, you know, really high end clean stitching. We wanted, you know, not a trim fit. I mean, I'm not a trim guy. I've never been one. So it was like, we're, we're not making slim fit stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't want all that boxy, extra floppy, you know, stuff, which is what you find in, in a lot of the things that are just manufactured offshore by the way we're manufacturing this stuff all in the united states so love it you know from the textile all the way through to uh to the last thread being sewn so um you know for us that that's why it took several several versions of a prototype i think we went through three three or four before we finally got that fit just perfectly um you know and then we moved into this season polos which i'm wearing the prototype for our polo um you know, which is the other kind of transition of our brand. You know, we're heavy in the boating space, around the water, and so on. Let's say like the yacht club meets the country club, um, and uh, you know, there again, polo shirts, so many that you find are just big, floppy, boxy. They they've got too much sleeve going on. You know, you're out there constantly doing this, and if you're playing a whole, you know, an eighteen a whole round of golf um, around that 13th hole uh, was talking to my old CEO about this is like, that's where the wheels start coming off the bus a lot of times. Right. So <laughs> you come around that turn, you don't want to be all disheveled and feeling, feeling nasty. You mm -hmm. want to feel good. So, uh, and if the shirt hasn't, you know, completely quit out on you and you know, you're still keeping it together that, and that's, that's generally what we're shooting for in the polo. So I love it. Um, which will be happening, you know, behind schedule, which everything has been happening behind schedule thanks to last year. But, um, uh, you know, we'll, that whole process will get better and more efficient. We're 100% certain of that because we, we can't accept, you know, long, long lead times on things. Yeah. So we're learning. We're still learning, though. You know, I mean, it's like, hey, you took a couple guys that, that, you know, built power plants yesterday that are now in the apparel space and we're coming in, you know, it's like the bull and the, the China show well, yep. a little bit of like, where's the schedule? Where's this? Where's that? I mean, we're thinking like we're, we're creating something big and everybody's looking at us like, that's not how we do it here. You know, it's like, it's how we do it here, which I think is important, right? It's, it's, it's taking those lessons that you learned in sports that you learned in corporate America and being able to yeah. put them on display while running your own company, which I think is extremely important. And it sounds like you guys are a having some fun with it, which is pretty cool, but you're yes. also doing really, really well. And I think again, the, the, the opportunity in the space. You're right. Like, so I guess what, 
if I were to throw on my Nike dry fit or my Under Armour, like what would I, what could I just, you know, a normal consumer might go on a run every once in a while, play some slow pitch softball with the guys and drink some beers. What would I notice the difference be? And why should someone like myself maybe spend a couple extra bucks to get the high quality product that you guys are making? Well, I think about that a lot, actually. And I'm glad you asked that question because I'll be wearing my own shirt. And I'll just say, like, let's say a short sleeve shirt. It almost feels like I'm wearing nothing. It feels that light and airy, um, except it's not so light that you're going to be cold if it's, you know, if it gets a little chilly. This fabric allows your body to temperature balance, right? So that's cool. As long as your skin can, because if you think about this, right, when you put something up against your skin and it doesn't breathe, your skin's going to sweat. I don't care what temperature it is, right? Your skin's going to sweat. If that can't break the barrier and escape into the atmosphere, you're going to create heat barriers in there. And that heat barrier is either going to, you know, first feel hot. And then when mm-hmm. you go into the air conditioning, then it's going to feel freezing cold, right? Instead, you just want to be able to balance that. Now, granted, if, you know, someone's out running a marathon, uh, I'm not going to be able to create anything that's going to stop that. I'd say take your shirt off completely. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I feel like that that is what it, it, it feels like, um, you know, if we transition to like a long sleeve and you were out fishing or something, you know, th- just not having this, uh, clingy, um, fabric to you mm-hmm. is, is a huge difference. It's a huge difference. And even the times when I just jump in to like stick the anchor or something, if we were beaching, um, on a sandbar, you know, you get the whole sleeve wet and, or the body and it dries so fast. So mm. you just, and even in, even when it is sloppy wet, it doesn't feel like it's, you know, holding you back from things. So, um, so ultimately that feel Michael is what really comes out. Um, and that's from the performance. It's from the performance. It's from the fit. It's not one single thing that makes it, um, you know, a beautiful thing that's what we need it's a combination man it's that venn diagram we want to get right in the middle of that thing and i think it's really important again the 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 way that you guys have created this um only what i guess when when did you sell your first t-shirt do we have that date i'm assuming that's ingrained somewhere in your brain right june june 23rd i think was our our first all right so almost a year yeah so and that you had asked earlier like with the side hustle we did not side hustle we didn't actually launch it until i think it was on my last few weeks at the company but i had talked to uh my ceo back in i don't know march march of last year and just in one of our catch-ups i said you know we were talking about like uh succession planning and you know who's coming up in ranks um and i said you know it's time to start thinking about some succession planning for me because I think there's somebody else that could step in the chair and do a lot better than me. Um, having, you know, been there and kind of been mm-hmm. through it a bunch of times, you know, you want some fresh eyes and fresh heads in the, uh, in the chair and, and bringing, bringing some new things to the game. So, uh, which was, you know, a great win because he said, look, I mean, if you're ready, um, I understand. So let's, uh, let's plan it. So we planned it and we were that far in advance. Uh, I mean, I was there until July, end of july so that is uh, awesome man so we can well, transition everything effectively congratulations nice, you know yeah, nice easy you. way to do it nice easy way to do it so i guess yeah. with um you know so you sell that first t-shirt so that was probably awesome almost coming up on a year a little under a year right around 10 months um you got a lot more t-shirts to sell because you know you have a wife and kids and you're your co-worker your your, your uh, co-founder probably wants to make a couple dollars right how how have you gone about promoting 
the product. Like it's one thing for you to tell me and the, my audience and say, this is the greatest shirt ever, right? <laughs> Go buy it online, humidoutside.com, right? So right. how how did you actually get that point across? I actually just had an incredible conversation with a gentleman who started a, a product called Pro Hitter. Now is used by like 95% of MLB players because they used it enough. He literally just put it in enough people's hands that they now use it all the time. How do you go about getting this type of product into people's hands? I'm especially during the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. So the, the answer to, you know, how have we gone about like, and getting that, getting that done, right. We haven't, we haven't like, if there was a year that you couldn't do it, I'm not going to blame you on this one, man. Right. I mean, coming into coming into this mix where it was like, the amount of like, I'll say, I don't know what I don't know. Right. Every day it was like, I don't know what I don't know. And Pat's still working in the, uh, in the corporate space, which he's about to be out of that in two weeks from now. So congrats, Pat. he bolted up and, um, you know, we're about to, to really get after it together, which is exactly what this business needs right now. But, you know, we had this idea that, you know, everything was going to be solved through, you know, big social launches and paid media and things like that. And uh, the reality is, is, you know, it takes a lot more than that to go and build a brand. Um, but what we've learned, we've learned some just extremely valuable things from from our customer base along the way, which is they do love the brand. They identify with the brand. The, the product is killing it. Um, you know, we're we're converting extremely well on our, on our website and all of this great stuff, but it was like, okay, now we've got to get a bigger spread. Um, you know, there's decision points of, you know, do you want to play in the retail space? Do you not, you know? So with Pat coming into the fold, you know, we're, we're, we're taking it really slow and steady here. I was like, let's not make any crazy, you know, rash moves that are going to, you know, put us into something and then have to kind of back, back out of it, you know? Um, and, you know, when you're trying to put a solution out there that is a, a quality product, um, you need to make sure that it's always a quality product from every single angle. Like even when people receive a package from us, you know, it's a branded bag, mm-hmm. it's branded the box with branded tape that they see humid outside. When they get home, they're like, holy cow, it's there. You know, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they open it, you know, that they, they've got a note, they've got a handwritten note signed from me. Um, because I mean it, like, I want to write the note to them. I, I love having, you know, people engage in our community and that's what we're going to build. Ultimately here is a community around humid outside. This is meant to be a lifestyle brand and it's not something we build like in short order. So we knew that coming into this and, um, you know, we're right now, I'd say in the last 60 days, especially starting to uh, bolt up our relationships with people that can, that can bring a, a mm-hmm. bigger bang. And, um, you know, that's anything in life, right? Like you work yourself to here, you figure out, okay, then we need to, you know, upgrade or make a change mm-hmm. uh, to somebody who might know a little bit more and then, and just keep doing that. So that's what we're doing. That's uh, what we're doing. And I think you have a couple things working in your favor, right? Like, so I always like to look at things from a positive and while I, nobody wanted the pandemic, I sure as hell didn't, um, you know, everybody out there, wish everyone was healthy and safe and we didn't lose all our loved ones. Right. But positivity, golf, fishing, and hunting, if I'm not mistaken, are three of the sports, let's call it that have had the biggest increase in, um, 
uh, participation because they're socially distant, right? Like it's, it's really easy to go and play nine by yourself or, or with like one of your buddies, right? Like, you know, you go play 18. My brother does it all the time. You know, it's, it's those, some of those outdoor activities that aren't team-based that are a little bit more you, maybe two other people that it's really easy to get away with, especially in the beginning, middle of the pandemic. And still now where I think it's hard to get over like 18 months of what we just went through, right? Like, I, I think there's going to be a lasting effect where sports like this, more people got involved, more people found out they liked it. Golf is easily one of the biggest sports that 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 uh, got positive from this because there were so many opportunities to be like, well, I could go outside, I could play nine. I might suck, but it's fun to hit a golf ball around and drink beer, right? Who doesn't like doing yeah. that? Same thing with fishing. Hunting can't really drink as much beer, I don't think, but it's still fun, right? So how yeah. how have you seen specifically those spaces and how are you guys, I guess, trying to take advantage of it to get people to understand, Hey, you're going to have to wear long sleeves when you're on a boat because the reflection from the water is going to burn the hell out of your skin. Here you go. You're not going to sweat as much. You're going to be comfortable. Like how are you taking advantage of these three in particular areas that we've seen huge, huge, huge gains in over the last, you know, I guess we'll call it 12 months. Yeah. So, um, first, first was some of the mistakes that we made with, uh, like actually when we first launched, we were targeting uh, boaters, uh, people who, you know, love living life on the water and so on. But we weren't doing a good job at that targeting because, again, we didn't know what we didn't know. So I was trying a lot of things myself and trying to figure out how to kind of get, get Facebook mm-hmm. and social and all that kind of stuff working. And so I'd say we kind of missed some of that last year. And then it ended up broadening uh, through the holidays. So really we picked up most of our sales like through the holiday period where we're competing, you know, for black Friday deals and so on. And then it just became like a free for all. I mean, we had all kinds of people, you know, buying, buying our product. Uh, You couldn't tell whether like they were going for the boat or they were going Mm -hmm. for just, you know, a barbecue or sitting on the couch. Um, So we kind of played to that actually for a little while until later, you know, we got into first quarter this year is like, something's got to change. This is too broad. We're a niche. We need to, we need to stay a niche um, and, you know, make sure that the people that are looking for a solution to, to things that they do and that, that they see us, right. That they start to, to, to get, you know, the visibility of the human outside. And um, so we just, we just really kind of started turning that corner um, probably middle of the first quarter and we had a great quarter by the way, but like, yeah. um, um, and now, now we're transitioning to, okay, we're coming close to where our production and our golf, uh, our golf stuff is going to become our golf polos. So we're going to need to start kind of, you know, building some of that content into the game. Um, we just, we just got our, uh, our fabric results for, uh, for like, um, you know, some protection testing. So, um, like our men's long sleeves are UPF 40, which is an excellent category. Uh, same with the women's actually, but it's 35 UPF, which is still an excellent category. What is so, UPF? Uh, UPF is kind of like uh, they, 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 uh, they rate clothing in UPF versus like how your skin would be SPF protection. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a sun protectant. Okay. Um, and they measure things, you know, based on like how stretchy it is. Cause the more you stretch it out, obviously the more, you know, mm-hmm. sun's rays can get through. But ours not being too tight and not too loose, um, you know, it, it's got some great coverage and actually surprised us on the results that were that came back. So we we couldn't be happier with the results of a 40 UPF just putting us in that excellent sun protection category, because just like you said, 
you want to be protecting your skin out in the uh, out in the bay or on the water or even in the lake in in, in Minnesota. Um, so that's you know there's there is much to do, Michael. I mean, we are so um, I'll say infant in this world right now of of apparel and outdoor performance apparel and so on. But I think once we really start um, picking up this traction in this one groove of, of, or these two grooves of, uh, you know, the boating Mm -hmm. outdoor water plus golf, um, watch out because it's going to start, it's going to start showing up a lot. I can't wait. And I guess, so also it's super humid in Florida. That was one of my other points I wanted to make. So don't really need to say too much about that one. So I guess last question, like where, how do you pick one of those lanes? Like, wh- how do you know, like, as you said, you kind of, you were too broad and then you wanted to kind of squish it down. And now you're saying like, okay, we're going to go boating and we're going to go golf. And you kind of made the connection before yacht club, country club. So I can see that, but yeah. what led you to that decision to say, okay, we believe that this is the the demographic that we're going after. Not only is the activity, but it's the price point. It's, it's the people yeah. caring about quality, right? Because I'm sure there's people that fish that don't give a shit about quality, right? And then there's guys that all that's through they care about. So how did you kind of pick that lane and how are you now starting to drive a thousand miles an hour down it? Well, <laughs> we picked them both because the, number one, um, we first started towards water and mm-hmm. that's what we were looking to solve. But along the way, um, we listened to our customers. Like our customers kept asking, like, when are you going to make a polo? Give me a polo. I could use this out on the golf course. I want to wear it to work. And if you think about the transitions of people who are going back to work, back to the office, of course, a lot of people are going to, you know, get rid of their lease space. But there's still a lot of people that are out there working. I think about guys that are in sales or whatever they're doing, you know, they still want to be comfortable. They've been working at home for the last 12 months. Yep. And, Probably don't have to wear a tie yeah, every day anymore, right? Yeah, used, used to wearing those PJs. <laughs> well, they can't wear them, you know, but we'll give them something that feels as good or even better that they can put on and feel really good, but look really good at the same time. So back to that whole idea of like, you can use it for the, the action, but you can use it in the casual atmosphere. I mean, those two spaces are, are one in the same because, you know, if you talk to quite a few boaters that have, uh, you know, nice boats out there that love their days on the water, you can also find those guys on the course. So, uh, we want to give them something that they can use, you know, interchangeably. Um, you know, not everybody wears long sleeves out in the boat either. So they, you know, a lot of times they'll want to wear something like this right here, you know, if, uh, so, um, so that's, that's where we're at. That's where we pick the lanes and, uh, we'll be, you know, doubling down. On I love that. it. I love it. And it's it's one of those things where if you gain that community, as you said, it's a lifestyle brand. We're not just making right. shirts here. This is a lifestyle brand because as you said, like this is this is the type of person. They're gonna be outdoors, they're gonna be on the boat, they're gonna be playing nine, playing eighteen during maybe work if they're lucky. They have one of those sales jobs, right? Uh, you know, so they have all these opportunities and that's the type of person and that's what really has created this nice lifestyle that you guys are are, are going after. And really it's also, hey, not only is it the most comfortable, but it's really humid outside. I don't know if you guys heard, especially down there in Florida, take advantage of the product because I think That's it could right. be super useful. And I, I can't wait to get mine. I'm very excited. Not quite t-shirt weather yet, but I'll probably snag one of those polos when, uh, if and there are, are they available yet? Everything's available they're online. Not, they're, they're, <sighs> they're not available yet. Polos are not, uh, we're probably end of July or excuse me, the end of June, um, okay. which is about 60 days behind where we wanted to be, but it's, uh, but they're coming and they're going to be really good. I do promise that. 
Can't uh, wait. But I will also say, like, uh, for all, you know, we've got a ton of people that live in the north. Huge amount of our customers. I'm gonna say um, probably right around forty percent of our customers. It's humid here in the, the summer too, man. Like the northeast. Yeah, I mean, we lived in Boston for a couple of years, and I tell you, those summers up there were uh, sweaty, were pretty dank. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, but I mean, base layer, all that kind of stuff. Like that was all bonus. Quite frankly, we were kind of playing for the Gulf Coast. But uh, once people started wearing long sleeves as their base layer and telling us, "Hey, this is." This is like nothing I can get at, you know, at the hunting store or anything else. Um, like, well, we've got that too now. Let's 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 focus there. So next winter we'll be uh, we'll be definitely rolling out some cool stuff for love it. For it's cool. Friends. It's cool to kind of hear how these stories happen, right? You listen to your customer, like, oh, you guys like this. Oh, That's we it. can see the numbers say you really like this. I guess this is an area we want to focus on. So I think it's fantastic. One more time, Trav. Mueller, co-founder of Humid Outside. I didn't say it once. I did not say Humid Outdoor once. So kudos, congratulations to me on that one. Uh, Talk to me. Where can everyone find you online? Where can everyone find the business? Where can we go order the product? Do we have a promo code? Maybe 10, 15% off for anybody out there listening? I don't know. Just throwing stuff out there, Trav. Just throwing stuff out. Yep, let's do it. So uh, first of all, it's our main website is www.humidoutside.com. That's H-U-M-I-D outside. Dot com. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at uh, humid.outside, or you can find us on Facebook at humidoutside. Promo code, um, let's just call it the love of lo- love of sports. So we'll put that love in. It. So let's go, let's go love of sports. And uh, you're watching this. It's going to be live for, let's say, two weeks. And um, love of sports will get you 20% discount. Can't. Wait, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. I was just kidding about the promo code. I just thought you guys like had something ready to go. I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. Let's go. Let's go. I love it, man. I'll make sure to put everything in the show notes for everyone. I can guarantee I'm going to at least use it. And I'm going to tell my buddy to use it as well because he likes to hunt and fish and do all that stuff. So you're going to get a minimum of two. So hopefully that was worth your time today. Trav, this was incredible. Sincerely appreciate you, man. Um, I'm excited. I can't wait. Sounds incredible. The way you described it, can't wait to get my shirt i'm so excited awesome, so, man. i appreciate, appreciate, you, appreciate you michael i love your podcast man thank you thanks buddy no pleasure i do this for fun to have incredible people like you tell me your story get me amped get me excited maybe i got a couple pieces of clothing out of it doesn't get any better than that and also of course thank you to todd always 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 thank you to todd for setting this yeah. one up but yeah. for trav for myself humidoutside.com promo code love of sports 20 percent off not bad doing this live let's go appreciate you Trav. thanks everybody All right, buddy. Thanks, man. See ya.